Welcome to Enroute to Success, where we have raw, vulnerable conversations between Fitz DeSanto, Sam Boyer, and many talented individuals, unraveling the truths and principles of people's experiences, methods to grow, and discovering how to live a fulfilling lifestyle. Buckle up, the journey begins now. Welcome everybody to today's episode. We're really excited. I'm here with two amazing human beings. I have my co-host Fitz DeSanto and David McMillan, our guest for today. So I want to start off and check in with you guys and how, how are we doing? Fitz, I'll start with you. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited. I'm really looking forward on this podcast with Mr. David. David, how are you? I'm doing well. This is very exciting. I'm really honored to be here and to be invited to speak with you guys. I'm looking forward to our con- constructive conversation. Awesome. Well, yeah, just really appreciate you taking some time out to hop on with us. I know you're a busy man. And as we were connecting right before this, time is money in your world and in your industry. So we're going to get into that a little bit. But uh, just to give people some perspective, you know, I've known David for roughly a year's time now. We connected on LinkedIn and I've just learned the power of that platform in so many ways. And uh, David's really good at building relationships. And in the industry of sales and marketing, that is huge. Um, That is not my field and that's his. So I'm gonna let him speak to anything he wants to share about that. But really, we want to give people an opportunity to hear from you and your journey in in life, really, because it's multifaceted and you've got a good career, good family, good values. And so we want to share and hear from you, like how you've developed a lot of that. So I'll let you start off by just kind of introducing yourself and, you know, sharing a little bit about, you know, your background and where, where David McMillan comes from and, and how you got into sales and all that good stuff. Absolutely. So, you know, I actually was born in Houston. I was born and raised in you know, Houston, Texas. And, you know, I'll fast forward to college because otherwise we'll be here for the whole, you know, lifetime. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I'm 35, so I don't think we have 35 years for this podcast. But I will say that, you know, when I went to college or I was deciding where I wanted to go, I wanted to leave Texas because I wanted to experience, you know, four seasons, which you can't hear. And um, I went to Suffolk University and I got my degree in marketing. You know, I always knew I wanted to be in sales because I knew that one of my uh, skill sets was being social, personable, and, you know, I understood market trends and so forth. So I, I honed in to, to that, to that, you know, degree. And, um, when I graduated, I graduated in 2010 and, you know, think about this in 2008, we had one of the greatest financial recessions of our lifetime at the time. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the market was really, really, really tough. Right. And two years later, we still were not completely back to normal from, you know, recovering from that drastic recession that we had experienced. So when I was graduating, I was like, wow, look at all these people here. Every one of them is probably going to be competing for a job and so forth. So knowing that it wasn't just Suffolk University where I went, it was every university in May. I mean, you know, when I graduated, that was graduating for, for uh, that year. I was like, great, I'm going to have to come back to Houston and compete with all these individuals. So I come back to Houston nonetheless, and um, I was wondering what was I going to do, right? Because, you know, Houston is the oil and gas capital of the world. We have the medical, the biggest medical center in the world. And we really didn't have much software play here, although we had a couple of companies. BMC Software was one of them. 
So not having experience in any of those industries, I knew that this was going to be a very tough battle, right? So I applied to BMC Software because I understood technology more so than oil and gas and medical. And I got rejected my first go, right? So I had, you know, utilized my social skills and made a connection and knew someone who was working there and said, hey, look, I applied, I got rejected. He's like, don't worry, I'll talk to the recruiter there, apply again. So I did that and um, I had the opportunity to interview with the company and got the job. And that's where my journey to sales started. You know, I was a business development rep and I had to relocate to North Carolina, which I did. And, uh, and that's where it all started, right? I got that opportunity to be in sales with a, at the time it was the eighth largest software company in the world selling, you know, enterprise solutions to, you know, fortune 500 companies. That's, that's awesome. And thank you for, for sharing a lot of that. I think part of the things that I picked up on, especially is that you use that social skills and the networking early on and you didn't give up on, you know, getting that interview the second time around after being rejected. So yeah, learned the, exactly. the lesson in sales early on, right. Being able to handle rejection. So that's awesome. You have to rejection and you have to sometimes create your own luck. Right. I mean, you know, we can, we can either choose to, you know, not build upon, you know, what we want and just give up. Or we can find other avenues to navigate through the rough waters to get to where we want to go. And I did that. You know, I, I took it upon myself. Look, you know, I was rejected. That's fine. There's got to be another way. And it's sort of like out of the box thinking. What other way can I, you know, navigate through these, you know, rejections to get to where I want to be? And, you know, utilizing your connections is, is like the low hanging fruit. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good story, David. I, I like what you said. I'm going to take you back a little bit. I'm going to backtrack a little bit here, peel you off sure. a little bit. Um, I wanted to know, though, out of curiosity, like what prompted you to drive your say, yourself towards sales? Like what happened when you said that? I just highlight that when you said as a kid, you always wanted to be in sales. Is there anything that happened there? So it's a twofold question. And two, after you got rejected, what made you still go and pursue that sales role? Because like if you could walk me through or walk us through how your thought process was as a kid and also after you got rejected and say, you know what? This is what I enjoy. This is what I do. If you could just talk about yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. So how about this? So my mom was in sales and she was great at it. And so I saw her be successful. And I actually worked at Academy Sports and Outdoors when I was in high school and so mm. forth. And I, I had to, you know, sell because I was working in the team sports area and in the hunting and fishing. And so, you know, when you're doing that business to consumer, people come in there, they sort of know what they want, but then they don't. And having that face-to-face interaction at a very young age and trying to sell people on, you know, whether it's a golf set or a workout set or, you know, a different, you know, baseball glove for their kids, you know, that experience was like thrilling when someone would come to you, especially me being in high school, for my advice and actually listening to what I had to say because they thought I was the expert of, you know, what we were selling there. You know, sometimes they would take on what I said and, you know, buy what I recommended. Sometimes they would, you know, make their own decisions. But it's that experience at a very young age, that face-to-face interaction with the public. And there's something to be said about that. It sort of molds you. And you're like, well, this, this could be something maybe down the road um, later on as a profession, right? Now, of course, as I graduated, I made it more of a business-to-business type play than a business-to-consumer. But, but those young, early days sort of molded me 
to want to, you know, really drive into that sales role. Yeah, it's funny how you said that because I'm in the same space, right? In the same field. And every time someone asks me, how did that start for you? And honestly, growing up in the Philippine Islands, I was like eight or nine and I was selling all these ice candies that I make to all these little kids. I didn't even realize that that's what sales was because you were a kid, right? So kind of just come together. The reason I said that is because it really molds you on what, what you said, David, on where it came from as far as like that character. So it does happen to you naturally and organically when you're in front of a client. So yeah, but tell me about that role. Tell me about that role. So when you got rejected... Walk us through what was your thought process and says, hey, you know what? I still want to go for it. Well, you know, because you, when, when you're rejected, it's not, it's, I, t- I think about it like this. It's not really a knock on you. It's not like they're rejecting you as a person because they don't know you, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe they didn't see that something that you had on your resume they're looking for. And sometimes it takes that other ear, that other mouthpiece through someone who's already in the company who vouches for you to, to open that door. Sometimes it takes, you know, that perseverance, that no quit mentality. And then they realize, wow, this person really is hungry and they see that and they want to give you that opportunity. So, you know, rejection shouldn't be a personal take. And I think a lot of people do take it personally, like, oh, they just don't like me. Well, it's not really that. It's more more of, you know, they're trying to find the best fit, right? But sometimes, you know, there's so many candidates, right? There's only so much that you need that other ear or you need that no quit mentality, that constant, hey, I'm not going to give up until I, until I get an opportunity here. And timing has a lot to do with that sometimes, right? We, we sometimes are at the wrong place at the wrong time. And therefore it doesn't materialize the way we want to, right? Absolutely. No, I, I could see that. And the tenacity for sure matters, right? Having that attitude. And I'm, I'm really glad you, you said that. We got to have that tenacity. And you can't take everything in the business world and also in that type of space. Really, if you're looking for someone that is not a fit, you know, we'd rather have that conversation and have that hard conversations rather than hiring someone and it's not a good fit and we're going to have more consequence later. Right, exactly. So, no, thank you. Love it. Yeah, thanks for sharing the thought process there too, David, because I feel that understanding that most people have gone through that type of rejection too, you know, it applies in all areas of life, but there's going to be other people that hear that and, and understand okay, well, if I got rejected from the first job that I applied for, it's not the end of the world, you know, and, and that's, that's something that we have to keep in mind moving forward. So it, it transitions also to, you know, when you're at the job too. I mean, because you're going to get rejected a lot in sales or in any, sometimes in any other career, well, not just sales, people get rejected in other areas as well, right? When they want a promotion, right? You know, sometimes you know, you're, you're told, no, it's not your time yet. And that can be very deflating and it can cause people to really feel, you know, a sense of uh, actually throw their confidence off when it shouldn't, it should fire you to figure out, well, what, what is it that I can do to get to where I want to go? Where, where was the missing piece? Have that dialogue because people are going to be honest with you, hopefully. And when you have that constructive dialogue, you'll find where things maybe aren't, you know, the things the missing pieces are, and then you can fix it. And then next time you do apply, you get that promotion, that next step, that, that next level that you want. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of the discovery process of your own, of your own gaps. So you can actually work on it. That's huge. Yep. So transitioning a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. just from our discussions, you know, over the past year or so and learning a lot more about, you know, like what excites you and, and what you're always 
you know, striving to work toward besides the, the fact that you've spent all these years developing skills in sales and, and marketing, you know, what, what makes you enjoy what you do? Because you've now gotten to the space where you're more on the development and, you know, in the space of building, you know, a team and, and that sort of thing. And then outside of that, you've also developed a huge presence on activity on LinkedIn and, you know, are starting to land some of these like speaking gigs and stuff like that, where you have the chance to really like influence and impact people on a larger scale. So with that all being right. said, what, what makes you enjoy like doing all that, both in your career profession and then also outside of that with everything else you've got going on? Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you one thing, the high of closing a deal never gets old, right? <laughs> so that's like a drive right there. Amen. I think that- <laughs> But you can attest to that. The high of closing a deal never gets old. It's like the best feeling where, and it's not just because, you know, you won, but you're also changing someone's life for the better, right? The fact that, you know, when you represent a good product and you understand the pains that your customers are facing and you put yourself in their shoes and have that, you know, empathy for the struggles that they're having and you come up with something that's going to revolutionize the way that they're doing business for the better, there's nothing more rewarding than, than, you know, helping your fellow colleagues in the, in the business world be better, faster, smarter, quicker, whatever it may be, and make their jobs easier. Because each of us in our own independent roles, careers have, have setbacks, mm-hmm. whether it's the jobs we're in or what have you. And when you can have someone come in and actually change your life for the better, the way you're doing things with a solution, and, and you see that transformation, whether it's a total cost of ownership and return on investment, but more importantly, you know, how they do their day-to-day tasks, that's the most rewarding feeling ever. And, in re- and to add to the mentorship stuff, you know, I started doing videos in 2019. And I was actually, you know, seeing videos being posted by others who talked about leadership and so forth. And I was very touched by some of the people who were speaking. And I thought to myself, you know what, I have experienced certain things in my life as well that might be worth voicing on this platform to help others. One of the unique things about LinkedIn, for the most part, is a platform that fosters success for everybody, a a platform that fosters acceptance. And you know what, you can be in your lowest low or your highest high, and someone's out there to help you and uplift you and and be there for you. We're not going to judge you. We're going to be there when you're at your lowest low to motivate you, inspire you to be the better version of yourself. So with my videos, I, I started and, you know, it was more of how can I help salespeople, you know, not make some of the mistakes that I made in my career, right? Because I made mistakes too. Everybody, nobody's perfect. You know, it's not possible. And, you know, I saw things that were, you know, being sent to me trying to solicit my time. And I said, well, you know, it's probably a better way to do this. And if I see a lot of people doing these mistakes, maybe I should voice some of the things that I've seen that, you know, people need to change to be successful. So I started doing that and then it transformed. And, and I started getting, you know, about three to four months after I, my first video, I had a private message. So if someone wanted to say, hey, I saw your video, I thought it was great. I'm actually struggling with X, Y, Z. Can you help me? And, and that's the rest is history, right? And there's nothing more rewarding than helping others that, you know, are facing challenges in their life, whether it's personal, career, or, you know, even internally, there's politics in everything we do, right? There's politics in big and small companies. And navigating through the politics so you don't burn bridges is one of the toughest things to do. And so when I'm able to help people be successful, there's nothing more rewarding than that. And I, it's like, it, it, you know what they say? There's three ways to give back to the community. Either you donate charity, 
it's just monetary. You donate your time and you maybe good, give food out to a food bank of people who are homeless and so forth so they can have food on their table or you help others. And in my case, it's helping others who are in the community of LinkedIn who are in different stages of their careers and facing different challenges at those stages. I, I love that, David. I, I got to say, um, backing track on what you said, right? In the business development and sales world, I could totally relate to that because we are bound to yep. get a lot of no than yes. But when that yes happened, that adrenaline rush that you describe is just something that feels good. Not because you won, like you said, but it's more so of like putting everything together for that client and making their life better. So of what you said earlier, there's other ways of helping people in different varieties. Also mentoring and having mentees is so much rewarding as well and gives you that same adrenaline rush, just like getting a client sign, right? So thank you, Absolutely. thank you for, for that. And story. one thing I'll add mind yeah. me adding, you know, you're never, there's never a point in your life where you shouldn't have a coach. Um, sure. I think having a coach, no matter whether you're the CEO or, you know, just starting out your career, whatever it is, wherever you are in your life, right? Having a coach is one of the most fundamental things. And I tell people to be cautious though, because sometimes we have too many cooks in the kitchen. People have like <laughs> five different coaches, five different people telling them five different things. And it can be overwhelming. And then that can be harmful in, in the sense where you really can't really make up your mind for the best. It's good to have one or two people who you trust who are outside your, the work environment. I often suggest people, if they can, to have at least one coach that doesn't work with you. Because, That's you know, the politics, things change, right? So you want somebody that's outside looking in, that has your best interests, that you trust, like your confidants, and, and have them coach you through some of the muddy waters you might be dealing with. Because mm -hmm. everybody deals with muddy waters at different stages mm -hmm. of their careers. That's, that's a great perspective, David. I like that because like personally for me, I have a, one of my main coach is the guy that hired me from my very first job. So we're still in the same space, like 10, 15 years later, we're still communicating. Actually, I just talked to him last week and I, I agree with you because when, when he talks to me and when we talk, there's no like barriers because we're not working together, but we're in the same space. We could brainstorm, we could be ourselves, right? So that's, that's really good. I do have a question with you though. Now that you, you tap into that, I want to ask, how do you challenge and motivate yourself, right? Can you walk us through as far as to our listeners to see for all the leaders out there and also the one that's looking for one, how do you challenge yourself and motivate yourself and your team as well? So that's a twofold question and see how they can, you know, stay where they are and give them the advice. Like where, where does David gets his um, motivation and challenge himself more? Well, I challenge myself by always striving to be better, right? By reading, you know, because one thing that you, that you have to understand is that you can't know it all. There's so much information out there and so many different people with so many different versions of maybe the same issue, but just different. So that could, you know, the way you challenge yourself is by finding literature, reading books to help you sort of tackle different perspectives of, of those different, you know, um, things that come up, right? And, and the more you're educating, the better off you're going to be, right? You're just, because that's the biggest, I guess, driver there, I guess, overcome the challenges is never settle on your laurels. Don't settle, right? Mm -hmm. Once you settle, you stop challenging yourself. You know, you have to continuously self-improve, whether it's by reading different books, just different things like exercising. You know, the day you settle, you fail. 
Mm-hmm. So that's one way to challenge. And that, and, and that, that kind of, you know, always self-improving manifested, it manifests itself with, with whoever you're working with, right? Or whoever you're leading. That's good. No, that's, that's a good mantra, David. And I appreciate that. Thank you for sharing that. All right. Mm-hmm. I got to ask something now. Do it. <laughs> Go for it. So, and, and, and David, I hope you're okay with me sharing this. And if you're not, we'll have to, we'll have to send Fitz a check to edit it out. But, um, <laughs> As far as, you know, a lot of the, because I've really enjoyed your content too. And I think that we were both starting to kind of get into the space of producing content whenever we we were connecting originally. That has led to you getting people reaching out to you, asking for help and, you know, helping people. I know you've done this a lot is like helping people with their resumes and yep. you know, different advice of like prepping for interviews at jobs and stuff like that. And you you shared on it a little bit about the fulfillment that comes from helping people, especially in like the sales world and also just helping others achieve something. But that's like a, that's a big time investment, you know, to do those sorts of things. And it's, it's just really cool to hear that someone at your level and career in life is willing to make time to do that. So, you know, for people that are looking potentially for that type of help, I know you have to have your own kind of discernment of who, who you actually can help with that, but how do people or what could they expect, you know, potentially reaching out to you and getting some of that help? I just want to touch on that a little bit before we transition. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So, I mean, yeah. look, when, when people reach out to me, I'm always willing to help, right? I mean, there there is no barrier to entry here. You know, you can, I can help anybody and everybody. And, you know, time management is huge, right? Because I also have a full-time job. So, I mean, I, I, I'm very... I've been good and I've gotten better at managing my time and carving out 30 minutes here, 30 minutes there, and still being able to do everything else I have to do. And when it comes to, you know, editing resumes and so forth, I tend to do that at night, you know, when I'm at home and, you know, kids are asleep and so forth like that. So that's, that's when I, I spend time on the resume aspect. But, you know, during the day when I'm helping people, you know, I try to make sure that I, I'm aware of, you know, my responsibilities on, on all levels, right? And so if I can carve in an hour here or 30 minutes there, I'm able to do that and still get everything else done. Love it. No, that's that's super awesome that you're literally spending your free time helping people. <laughs> I love it. Fascinating. Well, I have to wait till the kids are in bed. I can't do that when they're awake. <laughs> Right. The I know you, you and I have a, have a better chance of connecting if it's, uh, if it's after 7 PM is what we've learned. <laughs> let's, let's make it after eight. After eight. There we you go. You guys can call me. I'm two hours behind. So it's totally <laughs> fine. It's like, <laughs> it's so funny. Whenever <laughs> Sam calls me, he's like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's still early here. So <laughs> the, the next question that I really want to, to send your way is because there's a lot of things that that we go through and there's endless amounts of obstacles and hurdles we come through in life. And it's part of our, our growth. But for, for you, David, in your journey in career and life and everything, what's, what's been one of your bigger challenges that you've had to overcome that you really felt was either a pivot or a turning point or something that just really impacted kind of your thought process. What was that big challenge? If you don't mind sharing a little bit and kind of, how did you go through it? Well, one of my biggest challenges was when I first got hired at BMC Software. You know, I wasn't familiar with the IT. I wasn't familiar with information technology. And, um, but I liked the people. I liked the management. Mm-hmm. I felt a sense of, you know, fitting in. But despite those feelings, you know, at the end of the day, you have a job to do and you have to perform, especially in sales. So I struggled because I didn't, I wasn't, there was so much information when you have to learn an enterprise solution, right? 
and there's so many, you know, different products and so forth. And I really struggled because it, it was it was very foreign to me. You know, I didn't get a degree in, you know, computer science. So a lot of this stuff was 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 like a learning curve. And I almost got axed because the numbers weren't there at the beginning. But, you know, I didn't give up. I had tremendous work ethic and I knew that I was struggling. Right. And despite the fact that I wasn't able to perform at the level that was required of me at the time, I never gave up. I still came in early. I still left late. And the managers saw that and they believed in me. And what happened was we had, there was a new, you know, product line that we were, you know, launching that was called Remedy Force, which was built on the Salesforce.com platform. And it was just one product, one solution, and they had formed a team. And, you know, because they saw my work ethic, they said, look, I think this would be a great fit for David because it's, it's, he can be focused on one area and master it. And the rest is history. I was wildly successful, but Again, that was a challenge. I couldn't give up, yeah, even though I knew in the back of my mind, okay, this might not work out, but I'm not going to let, you know, the reality discourage me from trying hard every day. And when you have good management, you have people who believe in you and see that work ethic in a great company that really wants to foster your success and they can work and say, okay, this is probably going to be a better fit and put you there and see that it does work. There's no better feeling. And I mean, the rest is history. I was there for four years, one of the best four years of my life, met amazing people, great managers. That's, you know, when people can work at a company like that, consider yourself lucky. David, you're making me want to work with you. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I do want to say thank you for that. I, I really appreciate that. I have a question though. So what would you tell our listeners out there that wants to shift to an IT space coming from a different industry? Like for me, I'm in a supply chain space. And if I come to you yep. like, David, you know, I really love the whole IT, but I'm not that technology savvy, but I know I have the grit to learn. I have, I could learn it. I could build my credibility. What would you tell me if I come in and say, hey, hey, David, where do I start? Like I have, like, where do I go from here? You know, I have this experience in supply chain space and it's a completely different industry. But for me, business development and sales is sales. So sales is sales, whatever it is, um, if you're good with people, you'll, you'll excel. So, well, I would say, well, what connections do you have in companies that are in the IT space? Right. And will they vouch for you? Right. Mm. If you want to transition to a new role and here's where, but here's where I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to lay the land here. A lot of these bigger companies like BMC, Salesforce, and Oracle, and, you know, the usual suspects, they have training programs, right? When they hire new hires, they go through rigorous training to learn the solutions that they're going to represent. So I went through the same training, right? So it's not like you're going to go in there blind, um, but it's just a very significant learning curve. And sometimes it'll take longer than others, depending on the individual, to grasp everything that needs to be absorbed. So it's not so much that you can't do it because there's nothing that anybody can't do. It's how do you get there? How do you get in the door? And when you're in the door, what do you do to succeed? Because they're going to give you the tools. They're going to give you the training. It's what you do with it that matters. That's where, you know, that's where the journey starts. But get, but there's, I, I tell you, there's nothing you can't do. It's just, you know, you have to believe in yourself somehow and utilize your network if you can, or make your own luck by connecting with individuals who are in that space and talking to them, having frank conversations about, you know, the things that they're selling and seeing if it, if it, if it aligns with what, you know, interests you and find a way to get in. And once you're in, the sky's the limit. Mm-hmm. 
Would you recommend taking a pay cut for our listeners out there that wants to take a dip and wants to pivot career? Um, you know, for me personally, the reason I ask that is because I get reach out with other people for a different industry to do the sales. But for me, there is a huge pay cut and I love supply chain. Like for me, it's just, I breathe it, you know, right. like, like I love puzzles growing up. So for me, it's like this whole puzzle that I'm trying to, to do together for my clients. So I don't think I'll ever leave supply chain because I enjoy it a lot. But then for other people out there that really wants to to see, because obviously, right, like we could switch anytime, but then our life expectations and also our, our financial aspect comes in, right? Would you say that? And, and you know what, that? That's a conversation that is, when it comes to pay and so forth, you know, it really depends on every individual circumstance, sure. right? What, are they single? Are they, where, you know, what is mm-hmm. their, how do they live their life, right? Are they married? Do they have kids? I mean, that is an individual conversation that that person has to have with himself, his family, his spouse, you know, but I will say this. Okay. I will say this. I don't like to think uh, there's a, there's a, there's a connotation out there that, you know, you have to take a step back to take a step forward. And to me, it sounds sort of negative, right? To me, like, Oh, you have to go backwards in life. Well, you're not going backwards, right? What you're doing is you're taking another path to get to the, to the peak of where you want to go to hit your goal. If you're going to make a career change, it's not like you're taking a step back. You're just taking another, you're taking a detour, right? Because you obviously have like goals, right? Everybody has goals. They have long-term, short-term, whatever. And sometimes to get to those long-term goals, we realize, you know what? I got to take another path to get there. And that might mean a career change and, you know, a different amount of pay than what you're used to. Sure. But it doesn't mean you're taking a fact, you're just taking a, a, a detour, another route to get to the, to the destination that you want to go to. Yeah, yeah. one thing I'd like to, like to add that was super important, I don't know if, if people caught it or not. I don't know if, if Fitz planned this or, or David, you just nailed it because of, uh, of your thought process. But when he asked you, you know, would you recommend that to people? The first thing you led into was like, it's, it's an individual conversation, mm-hmm. right? And that's, right? And that's something that comes from the earlier point you made of everyone, you know, having a coach or mentor in their life that actually knows their situation Mm -hmm. because there's plenty of people willing to just give advice, but it's not always applicable to what we're doing. And I think that's a a huge conversation. And it's a thing that I've done, you know, religiously in a way with my life, especially with sports is like having a personal coach for, you know, when I was playing goalie and, and ice hockey, and then moving into the professional world, reaching out and finding coaches and mentors in my life that can guide me in the direction of just life. (laughs) And then also meditation, also the IT space, also engineering, you know, when, when Mm -hmm. I was going to college and then also learning about side hustles and how to get involved there. And a lot of the personal development skills that I've developed. So all those areas that they actually have insight, you know, personal relationship to your life so they can make those accurate recommendations. So I think that was super huge. I didn't want people to people to miss that because it was kind of encrypted in your guys' answers in a good way. The next thing that I want to dive into a little bit, because this is really important to your point of like continuing to improve and, and educate and read and all that stuff. Like now, what is it that, that you're focused on working on for yourself moving forward? Because you've gotten to a you know, successful space in your career. You've developed these skills, these results. 
now you're starting to land some, some pretty cool speaking gigs. I don't know if you want to mention any of that, but you know, what is it that you're really focused on working on now that you want to see progress forward in the next, you know, five, 10 years of, uh, of David McMillan's life? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Um, I still have my full-time job, right? Advanced applications, director of sales marketing there. So, but no, this might evolve to a full-time gig as well. You just never know. Right. And you know, the more I help folks, we'll see where that leads. I am going to be speaking at the world affairs council city of Houston on the 28th of January you know, that's going to be exciting. So we'll see where things go. I mean, I enjoy doing this and there's a lot of growth, you know, whatever career you choose, there's constant growth, constant improvement. So, you know, it's like you said, it's a journey, right? And time will tell time, time tells everything. I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing and see where things land. You know, it might be something that I turn into a, a actual career out of, but we'll see how that goes over the next few years. It's definitely a possibility. I want to piggyback on that, David. I think our purpose really never ends, right? It's always it going. Never ends. Yeah. So, and that's it what evolves. it evolves. Our purpose evolves over time by the people we meet in our lives. Absolutely. I agree. We're 100%. <laughs> I'm just making faces, you guys. People that can't see me like, yeah. <laughs> No, I love it. Yeah. And, and Fitz is really good at doing the unraveling here when we, when we discuss with each other, other people, I feel like I'm third wheeling in a way. Cause I'm not in business development and sales. You are not <laughs> <laughs> like for people to understand the way, uh, the way David and Fitz communicate is so interesting to me that, uh, I feel like they could be having a whole side conversation, you know, over text message right now. And I wouldn't even know it and they wouldn't miss a beat in our conversation currently. But, uh, I'm so focused on what I have to say here. I'm not texting. Anybody. I'm not texting anyone either. I'll tell you, um, Sam, it's funny, David. I think you could attest to this too. Whenever we have sales meeting in our company, it's always like, we're always like the loudest or like just having a good time. But then that's when you know, like the teams are really enjoying themselves and really gets along because, you know, sales is still all about numbers and there's still metrics that we need to, to accomplish. There's still quota, right? So you know that you're not really sure. like, you know that you're in a really good team if you guys could all laugh about it and help each other out. And I think that you have that, David. So that's that's really good. I feel like you and I could talk all day and, and brainstorm and we won't miss a beat, you know? So I appreciate that, Sam, because that means yeah. <laughs> it's it's almost like a good validation for, for David and I, but thank you. I like that was it. good. No, but I will say that there's a lot of pressure in sales. Um, mm-hmm. um, the, the pressure to perform yep. and the pressure that you feel when, when things slip through the cracks can, can really be daunting, right? But, mm-hmm. you know, like that, when you have good management, when you have good team players that believe in you and uplift you during those times, you know, that's when you know you've landed in a good spot. Yeah. And yeah. David, do you think you could speak a little bit to, because there's probably going to be, you know, a wide range of, of audience here, but everyone mm-hmm. obviously is looking for some type of growth and development in their lives. I think with what you just said about teams, it's super important. Like, let's say someone doesn't have a sports background or, mm-hmm. you know, or in a space in college where they had to like work on teams and mm-hmm. now they're entering the professional world where no matter if you're team-based or not, you're working with other individuals in a, you know, a group setting. What are, what are some of the ways that you've successfully built those relationships and developed either other people in your team or developed yourself through other people in your team that have been able to kind of lift you up. Can you speak to that a little bit for people? Absolutely. So I'll say this, you know, it, it's so important as a leader, right? To show empathy for others. 
because everybody comes from different backgrounds, different journeys, different challenges to, you know, where they're at today, whether they work with you or, or move on to other places. And, you know, sometimes people, you know, think, well, why, how, how am I really a leader? I mean, I don't have a CEO title. And I, I say to them, look, everybody can be a leader. They, there's a saying in the Boy Scouts that whenever they go to a campground, it's their responsibility to leave the campground cleaner, better than where they found it, right? And the same should be applied to everybody who, you know, works and, you know, as, as just a regular employee, right? You don't have to have the CEO title to be a leader or director or VP. You can be a leader in your own right. And what I mean by that is that, you know, think about it like this. You should always want to do the best job possible, no matter the politics or whatever, because there's always someone else that's going to come after you, you know, and I mentioned this in one of my videos that we're all temporary occupants in our careers. We're not going to last forever. You know, there's going to be someone else after you. And are they going to walk into chaos, you know, relationships that have been burned through the clients and people around them, or they're going to walk into a situation that you built that is better, stronger, and allows for them to be successful when they enter your shoes. So you always want to be thinking about yourself, but also about the people after you. It's like the cycle of life, right? So you're there and then you move on and then someone else comes and fills in your shoes. And being a leader is leaving a legacy that, you know, when that next person comes in, wow, David McMillan or Sam Boyer or Fitz did a fantastic job with this territory. The relationships are great shape and I'm just walking in and carrying on the baton. And when you drop that baton and you are sloppy because you're not getting it your way or, you know, you're just, you know, you're, you know, you're going to move on to something else or whatever, your legacy will be impacted by that. People won't speak highly of you. So always be cognizant of, you know, your presence, but also what others are going to walk into after you. Cause you want, you know, part of being a leader is, building success, not just for yourself, but for everybody else around you and after you. And that, and that's really the biggest takeaway of leadership right there. That is awesome. Really good. I, I got, I think something that really stuck out to me was you don't have to be, or you don't have to have the title of a CEO, director, or manager to be a leader. You have to be the leader of your own life. Exactly. That, that's huge. And, and think about just, the person come and fill in your shoes when you decide to move on to another career. Right. Now, how, how are they? Everybody has a legacy and it, sometimes it's not going to be magnified like Steve Jobs or, you know, Mark Zuckerberg because there's only a few of those around there, but you are going to have one, even though it might not be magnified on the news on CNN, you know, contained in that environment. But do you really want to have someone talk like, wow, this guy really didn't give a shit about what he was doing. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. It's all about that. What people are coming after you and are you leaving them in a mess and disarray or is it better than when you got there, which you, you shared perfectly. So exactly. I, think, I think David, we talked about this earlier too. Like you can't, it does resonate to your team really on, I mean, you can't fake that, right? So you have to be very authentic and, and really real with your team. And I think you've done that. So thank you for sharing that story. Absolutely. You got to be real with, with yourself and people around you because, you know, people will sense it out eventually. As we, as we kind of wind down, Fitz, do you have any, any pressing questions? I saw a look on your face that led me to think you might have one. No, you- no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I think the last question I have here, David, as, as before we close up is, what would you tell to um, our listeners out there that is in the stage of trying to get to sales, but they're kind of doubting themselves, you know, they have that doubt. And also, um, what advice can you give them in relates of, hey, you know, if you really think this is you, then you should go for it. Because I was one of them. And 
I was in operate. I started in operations before I got to sales. And for me, my prompt really is somebody that have had to have that shift. And especially when I went to the fitness industry full time, it really sparked me. And I'm like, okay, with you, I'll let you speak to it on what would you tell others out there that are really wanting to get into the business development and sales space who loves people, but currently not there. Yeah, I mean, you have to identify your skill sets, right? And, and, and be true to yourself about what your skill sets are, right? Are you, are you someone who is you know, an introvert or extrovert, mm-hmm. right? Because that will make a big difference in your success. It's, it's really important to understand that sales is about relationships. Mm-hmm. And I think we touched on this earlier privately that, you know, with the internet today, people can find everything they need to know. By the time that you are in front of them, they pretty much have an idea of the landscape, depending <laughs> on what vertical you're in. Your job, though, is to establish that relationship of trust, be there as, you know, in their best interest. And, and not only just develop relationships with your champions, but with the whole team that's going to be affected by the solution you're selling. You have to identify your skill sets first and see if you check the boxes of what it takes to be successful in the role, right? Because mm-hmm. you don't want to do is set yourself up for failure, right? Um, you want to make sure that you're being honest. Are you better at coding? Are you better mm-hmm. at finance? You know, what are your skill sets? What do you enjoy doing? What brings you, you know, motivation throughout the day? You know, how do you handle pressure? The pressure that we're dealing that sales deals with is, you know, off the roof. But, you know, um, you know, how do you deal with that? And if you, if your skill sets check those boxes that, yeah, you're, you're out there, you can handle pressure, you're comfortable talking to multiple people and, you know, building that relationship and expanding upon it, you're passionate about IT or whatever it is you're selling, as you're checking those boxes, and if you feel like the positives outweigh the negatives, then it's for you, right? But you have mm-hmm. to have that honest discussion with yourself before you just jump into the role. Great answer. Thank you, David. That was really enlightening. Yeah, really appreciate that. And and as we kind of close up, David, I want to give you a, a chance just to kind of open floor it for, for a minute or two and just share anything that's that's on your heart or your mind about, you know, w- what's important and that you want listeners to kind of walk away with just kind of wrapping things up here. And then we'll uh, we'll make sure people know where they can get a hold of you and all that after that. Absolutely. I mean, look, honestly, you have to be, you have to be truthful with yourself and what you want. Always think about others. You know, when you're in the job, you know, there's a lot of politics and in, in, in the jobs that we, you know, get and so forth. And try not to be sucked into the negativity, right? Um, focus on your task. Focus on doing better by others. Showing empathy to those around you. If you see someone struggling, you know help them where you can. Don't, don't, you know, be all about yourself because, you know, that won't be self-sabotaging. When you help others around you, the chances are of you moving up or getting to where you want to go skyrocket. Then if you're just hanging on to all the benefits for yourself, mm-hmm. uh, you got to be think so thoughtful about everybody else around you as well as yourself. And, uh, and don't be selfish. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, if, if our listeners can't see us, but I keep nodding, I'm going to break my neck because I, I agree with everything that, that David says. It always comes back tenfold, David. And thank you for that. We really appreciate that. Absolutely. Well, and, and as we close out, David, I want you to 
kind of share with people um, where they can reach you? I know LinkedIn is one thing, but anything else besides that and, and how they could potentially get in contact with you? Well, I don't have Facebook. I don't have Instagram. I do not do social media for LinkedIn. So um, that's probably the best place to reach me. And, um, you know, if, if you guys want to privately email me, you're more than welcome to at David M at advancedapplications.com. And that is David M as in Mary at advancedapplications.com. More, the best way to do it is to connect with me on LinkedIn and send me a private message. And if you guys want coaching, mentorship, or just help, you know, with some of the issues you might be facing in your careers or personal lives or what have you, I'll be more than happy to assist you and get you to where you want to be. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. And, and uh, for the, you know, 30, 45 minutes of time we've taken from you today, the, the check's in the mail, so don't worry about that. Um, we'll, okay. uh, <laughs> uh, but no, thank you again, David, for, for your time and really appreciate that. And, and as usual, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick it over to Fitz to close us out since usually I get the privilege of doing it. But Fitz, where can, where can people get a hold of us and find us? Absolutely. You guys could find us respectively in LinkedIn under Fitz DeSanto and Sam Boyer. And we also have Instagram now and TikTok, which is route to success 365 We are also in our Facebook. So don't forget to send us an email if you guys have any questions, insights, or feedback at alohafitsam at gmail.com. And David, thank you so much. It's been a great pleasure having you here. We've We've gained so much insight and we've learned a lot from you. We really appreciate your time. Well, absolutely. And thank you guys so much for having me. It really is a great honor to be here. And thank you so much. Appreciate it. Absolutely. And as always, guys, we always remind our listeners, even small victory are always, always worth to be grateful for. Thank you, guys. Take care, everyone.